When Shamrock Rovers got one back, tears came to my eyes. When we went two went up and I heard those thousands of Sligo people, I was proud and we went out and won. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. More drama here. Chilani. North. Elding. 3-2. They've been looking for Stenson's head away at the far post. And over it comes Elliot. Stenson! One more. You're very welcome along to episode 44 of the Bitter Red Supporters Trust podcast brought to you in partnership with the White Hag Brewing Company uh, all the way from Ballymote in County Sligo. So um, uh, we are going to talk to you about uh, the 4-0 uh, defeat at the hands. One. 4-1. Oh, 4-1 defeat at the hands of... Uh, I have 4-1 written in front of me and everything. I don't know where I got the nil from. At the hands of Dundalk. Um, um, we're going to have a little chat about uh, recent events in Derry uh, surrounding their, their new windfall. And uh, we'll look ahead to the Waterford game on Saturday in the showgrounds. And we'll have a little chat as well about the run-in towards the end of the season. I think we have one, two, three, four, five, six... Seven games uh, with the season coming to a conclusion on uh, November 19th when we play bowls at home, which could be a massive game. Um, so um, it's the usual crew with you. We got uh, Shane Magoo McGoldrick. Magoo, how are you? It's bad, Connor. Uh, coming to us live from the showgrounds. Uh, Jerry O'Connor, how are you? Okay. He's been better. Jerry's been better. Mm-hmm. And. Um, we have Sean Dunn, who is working his way through uh, a drink that we, a dark drink that we, we can't mention the brand of, who have a new piece of uh, technology associated with their dark drinks, and it looks good. Me, I'm drinking a Hellstyle Lager from uh, our sponsors, the White Hag, just to keep everything even. Okay, uh, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start with um, a couple of tweets that came in on the back of the Dundalk loss. If I can find them, I have them in front of me. And of course, yeah. So actually, it was a reply to, it was um, it was Yogi Kilfeder's uh, reply to you, Sean. So um, this is after the last of Dundalk 4-1. Uh, Yogi said, we were devoid of attacking ideas. 13 goals in the 14 matches since the break, and four of those came against both two. It took us over 40 minutes from both scoring the second for us to have even a shot. And that is supposed to be us chasing the game. Dreadful. It'll be a minor miracle. Uh, to get Europe. So, um, is it fair, yeah. that Yogi. was Yogi, uh, Thomas Buffetter on Twitter, uh, is it fair to say uh, that, you know, it was a dreadful performance, that we were devoid of ideas, considering, uh, Jerry, the, the team that we had to start? And I suppose it was worth noting as well, you know, uh, Cawley, we know that David Cawley wasn't there. We know that uh, McCourt wasn't there and we weren't given a reason as to why they weren't there. So, I mean, we can, without, I suppose, overly speculating, we can kind of speculate. But my question is, with the team that the manager had at his disposal on the night, is it fair to say that, um, you know, we were devoid of ideas and that, you know, in simple terms, according to Yogi, we were dreadful? Yeah, we were. Yeah, look, it wasn't 
at all a good performance and far from it. But I think that, look, when you go back to the the, the, the run of seven defeats, we, we didn't have our first 11 out during those games. Then we came back when we won two and it was the 11 that we would have picked. Back to the underdog game, four guys out again. So I think you can c- conclude from that is that we've got first 11, but after that we're fucked. Yeah. Uh, Sean, some players are obviously more important than other players. Uh, not all apples are equal. And that's life. Yeah. But, but Sean, would you say, you know, so when you saw that team, when you saw the starting 11, who, who was your biggest uh, fear about who, who stood out to you most that we were missing? That's a tough one. Um, Bulger and Buckley, it's hard to pick between them. Uh, both bring different qualities to the side, uh, both mentally and physically. Um, I don't know, Connor, to be honest with you. That's, I'm not even going to try and differentiate between the two of them because the two of them are so influential. So they are, the biggest thing that worried me was Lewis Banks playing centre half. So it was, that's just... It's just never going to work. There's not a slight on loose banks in any way, shape, or form. He's a right back by trade, a very good one at that. Um, we, like, you know, Shane Blaine, Shane Blaine is your option there, uh, foot injury. Uh, yeah. Well, to be honest with you, and sorry for cutting across you, but I don't want to beat around the bush too much either. Like, you have a centre half sitting on the bench who can't get fit. Sorry, that's not good enough for me. So it's not, what's the point? I may as well sit on the bench. It's, it's completely pointless. Complete, yeah. complete, another pointless. Like it's, it's just letting the side down. Do you know what I mean? I'm not saying it's his fault or anything, but it's just it's yeah, something um, that it should have been looked at. Come on, we know the situation now. It goes back to last season as well. Like we're, we were setting ourselves up for disaster. This is Danny Kane you're talking about. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just not, not to you know. I mentioned Shane Blaney there. Who? Was no, it's not. Shane, no, Jesus Christ, no, not Shane Blaney. Shane Blaney's coming and played his part this season. So yes. But is, is Kane injured or is, is he just not, can he not play because he hasn't kicked the ball in, I don't know how many months, like, you know, I mean. Well, it just didn't make any sense to me to have a perfectly good centre-half sitting on the bench and you play your best right back probably at centre-half and ultimately destroy your back four. There's no sense of shape or structure to it. It was a mess, a complete and utter mess. The back four was just a joke the last night yeah. against them, though. So, uh, Magoo, uh, you know, you're one of your best attacking track threats from defence in Banks is in centre half and I would say you know to me when I see McCourt missing from the team that's who that's where I, I think that's my biggest worry when I see McCourt's not in the team um, because of what he his all over the pitch from an attacking point of view from a defensive point of view um, probably one of the best you know probably in the top four or three full backs in the country um, I'd imagine there'll be a lot of people looking at him next season um, but Magoo uh, what would you what would you think is the you know well, I suppose you know the the, full, the the fact that we didn't have any attacking fullbacks was that a major issue? No, yeah. Look, as going back on your on the two points that I've always made, like as Jerry said, um, uh, oh, I can't remember what I was going to say now. But the, what you what you asked Sean about the the, the most important people missing? Obviously, like I love Bul- Bulger and. Uh, like he's one of my favourite players, but it has to be Buckley would be more important because you're like we have the best defence. So at the very least, if you were to grind out a nil-nil, it's a point. So once you take out Buckley, 
And then you're starting to move all the pieces around. You're putting bags in the center. You're putting that then is putting Mahan out of sync. Not only does he have a new center half partner, he has a new left back over his side. And then I couldn't understand the formation neither. To be honest, playing the diamond, like before people start having to go at me, I know I said before that if we're sticking with diamond, that it suits our players, but it suits certain players. It's, it's horses for courses. Like you don't, you don't play, put square pegs and pegs in round holes. Like you're, and that's what we've done. Not only did we play the diamond, which was probably the wrong formation from the start, but then we played the wrong people in the wrong places in it. Like, Moran is, is a sitting midfielder and he played on the right of it. Yeah. And and Walter, like, Walter had a field day. Walter in the first half against Shams was up the top of the diamond, I think, and he was lost. In the second half, he went out the right and had a field day. But yet we put him up the top of the diamond again. And then we put the freeze, who was never going to be the best defensive-minded, to on the left, offering Don no protection whatsoever. So the whole thing, from the very start, the minute you saw the team sheets, we thought, oh, Jesus, here we go. And then when you saw the formation and everything, it just, like, it's not often, it's a long time since after a game, I haven't looked at social media or listened to any aftermatch interviews or anything, but I just didn't want anything to do with it. I haven't looked since, just anytime something's come up on social media, or oh, interview, fucking bin. Like, I put a thing in the group yesterday or something with the highlights of the Dundalk game. I didn't look at it. I put it into what I didn't look at it. I just couldn't. But McGill, we didn't even set up in the diamond throughout the match. You know, we couldn't actually get into. No, we 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 flipped to a four three three. Yeah. And then, then you have Andre Rice out on the right. Yeah, which of, is... the, of the four, like it's just like. What do you expect to happen there? Like. Yeah, exactly. Like obviously, the, and with the players on the pitch, there's probably nothing you could do. You could stick Johnny at right or Andre at right, but you know, as much of a motion as then you're 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 still getting nothing. What you're looking for from either of them. So I just like I thought McDonald plays on the left of the diamond. Usually when we're when we have the first eleven, Morton is a sitting midfielder always. Like just put them in their in their natural positions, and you might have some hope. But even with the situation, with the way the team was, and missing so many players with injury, and especially the back four being so unsettled, and the changes throughout it, like I would have been more inclined to put two sitting midfielders in front of the back four and protect them. Yeah, you're away from home at the end of the day. Like even if you come out of Dundalk with a point, it's it's not the worst result. Just get well, points we were, on the board at this stage. We were saying last week, yourself, Jerry, like we would have, we would have bit your hand off for a point. Yeah, you know they are, they are a good team. Like, yeah, I know they're in they're a shit show at the moment, but at the end of the day, they're getting the results together now. Yeah, but looking now, now they're beginning to come together, um, and you know it was they met us. You know they're building momentum, and they met met us at the right time. Uh, you know, missing half the team, um, and they put a performance together. You know, and up in Dundalk, nobody likes playing on the pitch. And um, but if we okay. like, if you know, from the start, Connor, like we 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 handed him the initiative, but not only the team selection, but then our total like like our attitude towards it and and our our desire and everything wasn't even there. Like there's lads coming in there getting a game after a long time. They should be fucking busting their their balls like to yeah. get into the pitch next way. And like even before the game started, I was remember Dundalk were laid out. And the camera was just on our lads in the centre of the pitch. And they were all just standing around with their hands on their hips. And there wasn't there wasn't anybody talking or geeing them up, or there was no Horgan, in fairness to him, you can see him doing a couple of sprints, whatever, 
keeping himself warm. But the rest of them were standing out with their hands and their hips. And there wasn't, you expect somebody at least in the centre of them, giving them a bit, you know, you see the huddle of all these teams that yeah, they do yeah. nowadays. But somebody doing something, they're just standing around and looking and looking up to this guy and having a bit of a chat. And like, yeah. straight away, the attitude wasn't even there. It was like from the start, they even knew themselves that were fucked lives. So, Jerry, Stephen Crossan says on Twitter, <clears throat> or he said anyway after the game, he says, I know we were missing four of our first choice 11, but that was an awful performance. Dundalk were first to nearly every second ball. Uh, I can accept defeats, but the lack of desire tonight was very worrying. Um, you know, it's it's a, it's building on what Magoo was saying, um, but was that something noticeable to you? Yeah, I, I just don't understand it. Um, look, you work hard all season to get yourself into a position where you can, you know, get a, another foot on the ladder towards Europe and you just put in a performance like that and it just we didn't seem to be at the races at all. Um, one interesting thing, though, and a development from today is that, look, I don't know if it would make any difference, but I'd much rather be playing them this Friday night than last Friday night with the announcement of Patching and uh, Duffy signing for Derry today. You'd wonder what the mood in the camp, in the the, the, Dundalk, the Dundalk camp, will be after that. I think it was just totally disrespectful. I know we're going to talk about that later. Um well, I, I just, but I mean, on well, that, you Jerry, still have to worry about your own performance. So, yeah, yeah. Um, like, I suppose on that, the, um, the I think we, we kind of knew about the Duffy. It was being rumored for the last number of weeks. I think we knew that that was um, pretty much done. Yeah, but I think it's just the, the, the announcement and, and the way it's done and the way even Derry went about announcing it and the tweets and all that just. Like all of a sudden, their head is just inflated ten times. Uh, <laughs> I thought, him. I thought, I thought the wishing them happy birthday was a bit, a a bit shitty. Do you know what? If they were our players, I swear to God, yeah, they would be absolutely livid. I think it's the most disrespectful, yeah, antics that are going on. And, it's the most childish thing you'll yeah. come across. It's real 13, 14 year old Twitter, real uh, that little FIFA generation kind of, you know, get one up on you, shit. It's. Yeah. It's all wrong. It's, like your social, your social media person should not be at that. Like he, you know he should be respectful though? and try and go on. Sorry, Miguel. No, I'm just because you know what it is? It's the noisy neighbors to think now they're fucking well, come with the money like Man City. Yeah, yeah. So they'll probably put a they'll probably put a fucking uh, billboard up in Dundalk, <laughs> Duffy in the in the Derry kit. But I, I've never, I never seen. It's got a big like... wall to do that on as well, Magoo. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you were <laughs> they have to get rid of the free dairy sign. They're now entering free Duffy. <laughs> but look, I suppose at the end of the day we have to worry about our own performance, and that is the, the concern for us. But I would have preferred to be played on this Friday night just because so this Friday night, Jerry. I think they're is it boy? No. Uh they oh, are playing they're playing Shams next week and they are playing uh Finn Harps. Harps. They're away to Harps, who are on the up as well. Yeah. They can't afford to lose either. No, but no. anyway, fuck them. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't yeah, know if that answers the question, but well, well, uh, look, we got sidetracked, and we're going to talk a little bit about Derry um, in a while. Uh, Sean, the the you know the level of the desire was that something that disappointed you as well? Opportunity for some players to make a statement. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting what Magoo was saying about the body language before the game. Uh, you kind of got the feeling, I think we all got the feeling fairly quickly that, you know, I had the same body language on the couch when I was watching it, that we were, it wasn't going to happen tonight. Like, you know, it was one of those nights. Yeah. You, you did, you felt it straight away. 
you know, it, it did, it came through the screen. Sorry, Jerry, go on. Yeah, but I think it goes back, uh, look, I, I didn't speak as eloquently as, as yourself and Magoo on, on the tactics and things like that, right? But I think it goes back to the original point that I made in that if we don't have certain people starting in the first 11, it's a shit show. There's no desire, there's no let's get at them, there's no pressing, there's no, you know, that bit of, that bit of nastiness about us. It's just like, we're like passengers. Yeah. And you get to see a cameo of, you know, Romeo at the end, which I thought kind of, <laughs> you know, like that's. You sum it all up. like That's, that's like the cherry on the shit yeah. cake. Honest <laughs> to God. Like, but you know what? The, the most worrying thing for me is that these are lads, right? That are coming off the bench that will probably tell you if you spoke to them, they think they deserve to start. Most footballers will. And they always feel I should be starting. Well, that's your audition. There you go. There's your opportunity. There's your chance. Big game. Massive game for us. So it was. There's no two ways about it. And that's what they came up with. It wasn't that things went bad. You could just see their whole attitude, demeanor, everything towards the game was wrong right from the kickoff. It was all poor. And that is seriously worrying to me because we obviously need these certain players to be on the pitch to drag us through a game. And that shouldn't be the case. There should be young lads there chomping at the bit to get in there and prove their point. Yeah. It just seems. Uh, I, I suppose I, you know. Like, I, it's I, like they're sulking. Yeah. Oh no, I, I have to play. Oh God, love me. I suppose to be to be <laughs> fair to, to be fair to the starting eleven as well. Like I think you know, without being overly over the top negative, you know, I said that the body language is all wrong from the start. Maybe that wasn't the case because you know we did respond pretty well to the initial goal from Sean Murray in in Kenny's equaliser, and, and you know, in fairness, it was, you know, I know we're only fifteen or twelve or fifteen minutes into the game, but. At that stage, we we thought, well, I certainly felt that it was, you know, this, this game here to be won. Like, yeah, but it, that would have taken us to put our foot in the ball and actually but, gain a little bit of control of the game, which we didn't straight away. Once we conceded, we stay, we were chasing the game again right away. It was Dundalk who took the initiative straight after that again. We we became sloppy straight away after that, and that was a brilliant goal. It was a lovely ball from Nile Morning and. and yeah. Brilliant finish from Johnny Kenny. And it's exactly what we wanted to see from both of them. It's something I think we've all touched on now is Niall trying to be a wee bit more direct yeah. and a bit more forward thinking. Yeah. And he obviously, he has it in his locker because that was a pinpoint. It was beautiful. It was a perfect ball and an absolutely brilliant finish from Johnny. And it's delighted for the two of them, to be honest with you. Yeah. But, and Shane, like that kind of goes, I'm going to put it to you now, that goes against what you were saying about having more in a more holding position. We all want to see more forward ball from, from Niall. Uh, he goes and he does it, and he does it with a plum, puts a ball in between the two centre halves for, for Kenny to score an excellent goal. So, uh, you know, he kind of proved himself in, yeah, the, in that kind of action. He is, but, that, but he, all he did was prove that he's, he's able to do it. It's just about being braver in the in the situations like when he gets on the ball there's there's no difference picking a ball 30 yards from you know inside the centre circle as there is from 10 yards further back like if you're able to do it you're able to do it just be braver about it but like you're not about desire about getting on the ball but it's, it's the desire to like for their goals desire to go out and block the cross so it's two, two, for the two goals crosses coming in like nobody going to block them down nobody wanting to go and, and charge them down that's where the desire comes from to want to stop the crosses yeah. and whatever, want to put what, your body in, yeah. in the, on the line. Whatever about the first one, the second one was identical. Yeah. So, like, you know, but I think as well, it goes back to, look, we can talk about tactics and we can talk about 
formations and all that. But look, if you're a good player and you have a bit of desire, you can play anywhere, in my opinion. You bring it back to basics, Jerry, don't you? Yeah. Like it's like what what we're saying there. Like you get out and block the cross. You don't have to be playing in the correct position to go out and block a fucking cross. Exactly. Like Robbie, you don't need Robbie McCourt there to block yeah. a cross. Fuck no. any man who won't block a cross, like. Yeah. Yeah, except not every man can block across, it seems. Um, not every man wants to block across. Well, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't know about you. I missed the first three goals because my stream was all over the place. I don't know if anybody else did. Mine was start, stop, start, stop. Yeah. I'll be, I'll be honest anyway. It, you know, might as well let the two boys talk about the last half an hour again because I, I turned it off. I was throwing things around the house. I had to go. <laughs> so... <laughs> The next, the next, the next closest thing to me was my daughter, and I wasn't going throwing her against the wall because I might be, I might be in, uh, in Mount Joy if it is. <laughs> so I, yeah. I switched over to Keith O'Dwyer and Rossi on uh, Ocean FM. Boys were good. Yeah, yeah, fair play to to uh, the lads on Ocean, right? Yeah, uh, and actually, what a, a shout out to uh, to uh, the the Dundalk commentary. They, they weren't bad either. They, no, they tried they to. No, they were good. No, in fairness. Yeah, and interesting, they, they yeah, they did to give a shout out. Um, Interestingly, they do their commentary goes across the the LOI feed and um, LMFM up there in the the northeast. Um, yeah. We can't. Look, we're not going to win every game, and we know that. But it's just yeah. something. The manner of the performance is just fucking do your head. Look like you want to win the game. Yeah. Yeah. Take your opportunity, but anyways. Um, some some good news or some good interaction over uh, the last number of days with the Chilean ambassador. Uh, Strazzi, Ambassador Strazzi was in the showgrounds um, on Tuesday afternoon, I think, to unveil uh, another plaque as part of the Sligo Rovers, the excellent Sligo Rovers Outdoor Museum. And um, I guess it's Bernardo O'Higgins who's on the plaque, who uh, was the, like, was he the dictator? Like, he was kind of like, he was the, 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 <laughs> Dictator. He was. He was. Well, he was a dictator. Was he? he was Careful. A, yeah, but he, he was. He he. he we, free. We have any listeners in Chile? Uh, well, did we? Sorry, did we have any? Wouldn't know at this stage. Well, we had. We had. Uh, we had a Peruvian. Uh, we had a Peruvian listener a couple of months ago. We, we got a shout out from Peru. Oh, that's yeah. right. Um, yeah. But he. Um, yeah. So he. His. He was the son of Sligo. His father was from Sligo, and uh, he freed Chile from. Spanish, I guess, and um, Jerry's doing a bit of googling here to get me yeah. out of trouble. <laughs> but uh, anyway, yeah. So everything like O'Higgins is everywhere in Chile. Every main, like we've got every every main street in Ireland is O'Connell Street. Every main street in Chile is uh, Straza. <laughs> That's German. <laughs> is uh, is called after O'Higgins. Come on, Jerry, get me out of here. Come on, you're you're just you're having <laughs> you're yeah. stalling on me. Well, anyway, yeah, so so the, the Chilean ambassador was there and there was a nice bit of interaction on Twitter between um, O'Higgins Football Club and uh, Sligo Rovers. And we got a photograph as well, I think. Didn't we get a nice photograph of them winning the yeah. uh, championship a number of years ago, the Chilean National Championship? Um, so the next Bit of Red Supporters tr- Trust trip uh, will be to mid-Chile. Um, to see mid- on a train there, huh? Can we get a trip? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, we'll have to we'll have to see about that. But um, no, but it, like, it, like we should be building on th- those kind of relationships, definitely. Yeah, definitely. 
we we tweeted them a few times, but they never never came back to us. But uh, we did try. Um, I know Fitzo was uh, Brendan Fitzsimons is in contact with one of their fans as well about getting a shirt or something like that but it's great look um, it'd be great to lovely to build a relationship with them as well yeah absolutely Bernardo Higgins right Bernardo uh, Ambrose Ambrose was the, the, the Ambrose is the outfella uh, yeah. so Ambrose is from Sligo son of uh, illegitimate son Bernardo was the supreme uh, director not, not dictator Connor director um, of Chile, kick the bucket so easily, there. Easily confused directors and dictators. Well, you know, it's, it's a fine line, you know. Let's <laughs> not split hairs. <laughs> right. What about Derry City money bags? Uh, you know, it wouldn't be so bad if if it was Cork City, like you know, because it's you know out of out of sight, out of mind, right? But the fact that the stones throw up the road. Um, I think that the, the Rory O'Higgins kind of thing, the move from him being a coach at the national team, now going to Derry kind of makes sense. You know, I thought when, when Rory Higgins made the move initially, whatever it was, three or three months ago, I thought, oh, that's kind of interesting. But like he's leaving a pretty uh, prestigious footballing position uh, from a national point of view to go back to his, you know, his hometown club. Uh, but now it really makes sense. He obviously knew there was there was something coming down the pipeline in the form of uh, no budget, an unlimited budget with Derry City. And you can kind of, it's, it's, it's turned into kind of football manager uh, stuff up there now. So um, I think, I'm, you know, we have differing views on on how this will play out. So I'll go to you, Jerry, first. Um, so just to give us, just to kind of set the scene a little bit, uh, Derry's, like kind of sugar daddy uh, has uh, he had an engineering or he, he had an engineering company in Donegal and Derry and he sold it there a number of months ago and he sold it for like an, aston- an astonishing amount of money and he's going to hump a load of that money into Derry City um, and we are seeing the fruits of that now in Duffy being signed and like was was patching announced today on Wednesday or, or is that just rumored today? No, it was announced. I think. Yeah. Okay. Announced. So we're Duffy on, on a four-year contract. Uh, which is kind of unheard of, I suppose. In and you can, you, he's going to be on top, top daughter, for four years. So, Jerry, you, you're you don't like the sound of this at all for the likes of us in showgrounds. No, it uh, concerns me greatly for the league. To be honest with you, um, look, people have compared uh, compared it to Dundalk or Cork, even and other clubs. But look, this is completely different. This is completely different for obvious reasons in that Philip O'Doherty has been the chairman uh, since 2009. And every year that Derry have encouraged debt, he is covered. So this man has put his money where his mouth is since look, since 2009 and probably before that as a fan. So he's a, a die-in-the-wool Derry City fan. But how does this differ from Dundalk? Well, Dundalk was it was an investment of, of sorts. Um, how you can invest in a league variant club, I'm not sure. But um, yeah, so this is like me or you winning the, the Euro Millions, Connor, and what, saying putting our money where our mouth is. But not, it's not even that. He, he has history of it. Um, but but the, the difference here, Jerry, I suppose, is he's not he's not necessarily looking for a return, a financial return on his investment. He wants to see a successful club that he supports. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he's a football fan. He's a, he's a fan of, of Derry City. And I suppose... That that's the major difference. Um, the other thing being, being as well is that like 
you could have a guy that maybe might pump a load of, million, load of millions into to Galway. But Galway doesn't have a culture or tradition of football, whereas Derry does. Derry is a football city with 120,000 people. And that's a big factor as well, is that they have the population behind them, you know. Um, but we've seen from the past in the 80s and the 90s and things like that, a successful Derry team will bring a crowd. They will, their gates will go up. They have a stadium in place as well. So they have, they have in my opinion, it's not just about, it, there's several different factors to why it is a recipe for total success in that you've, your, your chairman is after getting a windfall of money that like nobody in the league has ever seen before. It's in a city that has a culture and a history of football. It has the population. You know, um, it even has play- several players around the league that we're starting to see come back to them. So, yeah, there's... Uh, and he's also, I know he's looking at several sites in Derry City to build an academy. Um, along with the, the stadiums, Jesus, it's, it's, it could be formidable, in my opinion. Oh, so spell it out. What's your what's your fear? Is this a like how 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 does this, how does this negatively? Like I know I'm getting you to. Well, it inflates, it, the it, obvious. It, like basically, they're going to be able to sign any player they want, whatever player they want, they can sign, because by and large, ninety percent of the footballers in Ireland are on one year contracts. Within six months of them in on the contract, they can sign for another club. So that totally destabilizes other clubs. Yeah. Uh, other clubs that can't afford to invest in four-year contracts and things like that. Uh, so you're giving uncertainty to clubs that, you know, you could have a club that's maybe second or third in the league behind Derry, say they're top, and they could come and say, right, we want him, him and him. The player isn't going to say no, and the club don't have any control. So it destabilizes other clubs. It makes them stronger. Um, you know, so... There, but they, they can they can only sign... So what they will do, I suppose, is they'll have like probably a 22-man squad or 23-man. They'll have, they'll have a full squad of first-team players who they can rotate. And we can see at the moment that that's our downfall uh, with Sligo Rovers. Um, you know, we have a couple of injuries and we have a couple of people missing and we're, we're in trouble. So they'll be able to... But they can, my point is they can only sign a certain amount of player, players. you got to keep those players happy. Yeah, but there's and, a certain amount of players within the league, right? So we're a 10-team division, right? It's not like, again, we... You know, you only have to pick off two or three. Like we seen on 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 Friday, we had lost four players uh, against the dock. It makes this a completely different side. So, if I'm if I'm a top team, how do I go about staying a top team? I take two or three players from each of the clubs that are in and around me, and I weaken them by also strengthening me. It doesn't mean that I have to sign half the league. I just need to sign the two or three clubs that are around me. Sign their two or three best players, and it totally, you know destabilizes them or they have to go and look while I'm getting stronger by six or seven players. Okay. Uh, Sean, you are uh, less pessimistic about the whole thing. Why? Oh, I'm I, just not that panicked about it just yet anyway. I see the way they're offering, you know, Duffy gets a four-year deal, but it's not on astronomical money by any way, shape or form. It's the s- stability. What do you know, Sean? Given. What, do you huh? know? what do you know about Duffy's contract? No, I... I I think it's come out. I think it's clear as day it's come out already that he's not he's on less money than he's on he's, that he's on in Dundalk at the moment, but he's been given the security of a four year deal. That's it's not new in the League of Ireland. Richie Towles on a three and a half year deal at Shams, Sean Hoare is on a four year deal at Shams. Um I know there's a couple other players around the league on big deals. I think Forrester's on a three year deal at Pats. 
there's a few of them on big enough on long-term contracts around the league. It's not out of the norm altogether. If they can offer all their players four-year deals, fair play to them. But at the end of the day, they still have to go and qualify for Europe every year. Yeah. There has to be a certain, like I know this fella has taken them out of the shit now a couple of times. I think even throughout COVID and that he, he wrote off all their debts. I think a couple of hundred thousand. He just says, forget about it. It doesn't need, we don't even need to worry about it. Huh? He does it every season. Yeah. Mm. Like he can only do that for so long as well. So you can, you will lose interest in losing money. He's a human being at the end of the day. Yeah. But he has in the past and now he's got an unlimited uh, bag of, of cash. Like, you know, yeah, well, fair enough. Look, if he wants to keep losing money, fair play to him. All the best to him. But like, as you said already, Connor, they can only sign so many players. Not every player is going to want to sign for Derry City because like they're going to sign in Georgie Kelly next week. So he's going to play. He's going to be their number nine. Mm-hmm. So who else is going to go in behind him and say, well, I, I want to be starting striker. Like, You know, yeah. they're, they're not going to get someone as, to, as good as him to sit. So they, they will have a limited amount of players. And look, we've seen in the past, Dundalk have thrown an endless amounts of cash at it. They were successful. It came to a halt. Shams have thrown endless amounts of cash, still are. There's not a million miles between us and Shams. So there's not. It doesn't necessarily mean it's all doom and gloom and it's all over for everyone else. It might actually give fucking clubs a kick up the arse and try and strive towards getting better. You can disagree with me, Jerry. I don't, I don't mind. That's fair enough. It's an opinion. Yeah. I, I, I kind of feel that I... I like if it was if it was a Dublin club that were in this situation, uh, I think I'd feel worse about it. I think um, I don't feel so bad because it's Derry, and I, I I kind of um, even though they're 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 closer to us and they could potentially this could potentially have a greater repercussions for us than if it was a Dublin club. Um, that's obviously a factor, but I do think I, I like to see a strong Derry City, even though you know I probably shouldn't say that as a Rovers fan, but you know they bring their fans bring something. To match day when they're absolutely bouncing, and and I do think that it, you know, all, like the rising tide lifts all boats to a degree, and that you have to up your game, like Sean is saying. But I think the challenge for us is the model of our club, and how we how we try and kind of keep pace with that. So, Magoo, what what are your thoughts on? It? Are you in between, or are you? Well, um, I'd probably be more siding towards Jerry's side to be honest because um, like Jerry has stated that he first and foremost this, this fellow is a fan like so Sean was saying he has to qualify for Europe like to me if they don't qualify for Europe he'll write it off and go again and write it off and go again and write it off and go again and eventually he'll get it right like he this, this fellow isn't going anywhere it's not like the peak six everybody's wondering when are they going to pull out this year, next year, they're going to go. He's not going to go. This is his little play. And the fact, like, he he wasn't going anywhere anyway. But the fact now he's, he's after banking all this money, this is a little play thing now. And this is, you know, and like to hand out four-year contracts, you have to be willing in your head. You, have, you obviously have to take, think of the negative straight away when you're handing out that that type of contract, that length of contract for a certain amount of money. I know people are saying he won't be on as much as he's on at the dock. He's on an awful amount of money at the dog so less than what he's on now is still a lot of money yeah so you can be guaranteed that yeah you guaranteed, but, you guaranteed uh, if we offer him a five-year contract tomorrow he still wouldn't be coming here because he'd be getting nowhere near the money so to me you have to be willing to write off a four-year contract you have to be willing to write off three years of it nearly 
because the man could go out and get an injury, like a career-threatening injury that could take him a year and a half to get back from. And but you're, you have to be willing. And if he's handed out, as Sean said already, if he's handed out four-year contracts to everybody, then we, we will be in big trouble, I think. If that's, if that's the route and the, the way they're looking to go down, it could be spell a big trouble. Because they, like, they're a sleeping giant, they're in yeah. all fairness. Yeah, yeah. And if they start getting the ball rolling up there, like, like if they were to qualify for Europe this year without them even starting on this little trip that they're about to go on, <laughs> like it's fucking, you'll have, they don't need the money. Like look at us trying to, desperately trying to qualify for Europe for money reasons. So we can run the club next year. They'll, <laughs> they'll be look. They'll they'll now are just it's footballing reasons. They'll be yeah. they'll be looking to bring fellas in to to qualify for Europe for footballing reasons. To play to play in Europe. To play in Europe, yeah, yeah. yeah. And go, Sean, go on. No, I just it's just one thing, and you know we're looking at Patrick McInerney coming in and Duffy, and they'll be on big contracts, whatever it is. But how motivated are they? How motivated is Patrick McInerney to come back to Derry? He's done everything. He's done everything. He's gone across the water and everything. He's, he's come back and he's won it all with Dundalk and he's played in Europe and everything. He's killed with injuries. The lad has actually fallen apart with injuries. Unbelievable talent on his day. There's no two ways about that. But he's coming home. That, that to me is a man who's coming home to, you know, all right, and coming into the last few days, but I'll relax now. Michael Duffy, the same. He's coming home. He could have went across the water again. There was offers for him to go across to Scotland and England in the lower leagues. He had no interest in it. He's going home to a comfortable move to Derry. Yes, he played decent enough, but again, he's had his injuries issues in the last while. I wouldn't be that scared of him. Okay. I, 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 See Richie Towell. Oh, personally, yeah, yeah, exactly. See Richie Towell. Personally, myself, I agree with Sean in that um, I wouldn't be too worried, especially about, like, like in fairness, if I, if I was Derry, I, I would be signing Michael Duffy. Like I'd say, I still think he'd have a lot of But Michael Lenny probably not, no. But that, you're looking at it from the player point of view, Sean, there. Or they're going back. Oh yeah, this is a nice handy payday for me, whatever like that. And it could work out like that. But if it, if it is that, then the chairman will just write it off and go again. Yeah. And he go right. Yeah. But done that. That but, didn't work. That yeah. didn't work. Let's go and get players from somewhere else. I, I but do. How be- long till you get bored? Yeah, but no, I do believe that you you he's can't. There, keep, he's there twenty can, years. He's not bored yet. Yeah, but you can't keep handing out. I think Sean is right in relation to from a business model point of view. Any self like you, you can't keep. You can't put everyone on a four-year contract or a three-year contract on wages that are bigger than what you get across, you know, the majority of other teams in the league. You can't just keep doing it because ultimately you've got players under contract. And, you know, it's just not, it's like, what do you do with all these players if you're not going to play them or if they're injured? You know, it's not feasible. And there'll be players that go to Derry, uh, maybe sign big contracts, don't get a look in, and they'll go, well, I need to play football. And there's opportunities there from other clubs, Jerry. Yeah, um, look, we're not talking about Premiership money either. Like, you know, like... No, but Jerry, what you are talking about is money. Like, what you're talking about is um, money that people can earn a proper living off. And, you know, you're talking about money where you can go to the bank and you might be able to get a mortgage. You're not, you know, on your 42-week contract and you're getting paid 500 quid a week and... You know, you're playing football because you're you're hoping you're going to move across the UK. It's it's money that people can live off property. No, but the point I'm coming at is from Philip O'Doherty's point of view, just um, in relation to what Sean was saying, is that like we're not talking about playing Premiership type money to these players. It's not, you know, it doesn't take that much extra money to push ahead in the League of Ireland because the clubs underneath you don't have that much and. You're living very much from hand to mouth. 
day by day, week by week, season by season. So if you have that stability and you have that extra bit of money, you are going to be, you are going to qualify for Europe. You are going to be in the top three. It, and that's the consistency. You will qualify for Europe. Dundalk won. Huh? Just throw Dundalk at you this season, just for instance. They didn't, they're, not, they're not qualifying for Europe. All the money in the world. Like, look at the superstar side they have. But the consistency but that's, but that's of that, but that's because of the way the dog has been run, and because like that comes down to their board and and off the pitch matters. Yeah, but it's right. Won't, well, which look, won't happen. Well, probably won't happen with this fella. Well, yeah, because just, he's a fan. But just to give you the example, right? Just to, just say it does go like that. So, and they, they don't qualify for Europe this season. They don't qualify for Europe next season. All right. So you have manager manager turmoil. There's managers getting the sack. So they are because he's going to want to return. Like he's not going to say, Rory Higgins, you belt ahead for the next 10 years. I couldn't give a shite what you do. You know, he's not going to turn around and do that. He's going to sack them. Yeah. He, he looks at he's the man fun. he blames. Yeah. Like, Look. so he sacks the manager. Fans can start getting pissed off because they're seeing managers go left, right, and center. It's a possibility. It's just, you don't know how it's going to pan out. Fair play to you, Sean. Fair play to you, Sean. Yeah, it is a possibility, right? I was going to pan out. I wouldn't lose me shit over it because it's happening with Shams and all in front oh, of the Hold on a second. I, I, I shook my head, right? I didn't even say anything. And you said, that's my opinion. I can disagree with you. We're just giving our opinion as well. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my point is, my point is that my point is that uh, it, it, it mightn't work out. Like, it's football is football, you know? It's nothing is guaranteed 100%, but it certainly gives them uh, far more chance and possibility of, like, if you were if you were put a betting man now and next year, even if we qualify for Europe this year, and you were putting down your top three again for next year, are we are we going to be in the conversation then? No. Do you know what I mean? When you see what's come, when you see what Derry are going to be coming with, and that's the point. It gives them it, like as much as we don't want to fucking want to believe it or think it's it's going to matter or true. The money will give them a better chance. That's just fact. That's the way it is. Like it is, in, it is in every league, and it's it's coming into our league now as well. Money is starting to be a big driver in this league as well. When you see the dog shams, now Derry, Pats, they all have benefactors that are willing to pump money into them, and it's yeah, it really is. We're we're fighting against the tide all of the time. It's it's not crazy money. It's just guaranteed money, and it's guaranteed that extra bit that will get you into the top three. We're not talking yeah. you know a lot of. The, much difference, but it's guaranteed money, and we can't guarantee, you know, from season to season how much we're going to make because we need we rely so much on gate receipts yeah. and, and sponsorship and goodwill. Whereas they're going to have that level of money that they can say, right, well, if we don't qualify for year one, we'll go again year two. And no, I, I think Jerry, I think that that's a fair sorry, point. You know, just the law of averages. If you have that type of money consistently, you will qualify for Europe. Yeah, I think in, in a league in a league that's based on such fine margins. Yeah, that having that consistency, that surety of money year on year is probably a major game changer. When you're not, like I'm sure Derry City, you know, regardless of the fact that they have their deficits written off, you know, year on year, they still look at their 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 book and they uh, they still look at their their accounts and they go, you know, that was another that was another poor year uh, financially. Whereas from now on, they they will say that, um, you know, the players are still going to get paid. Staff, they can still expand the club. They can still, 
So that, yeah. you know. I think that is part yeah. of the demand and fairness to them. You know, as you sit here, O'Doherty is looking at several different sites. I think they're looking at a site from the University of Ulster to purchase, and they've made several approaches to them regarding that. So it's not just about kind of let's win the league next year or the year after. He's putting a long term plan in place and he's putting the structures there and he has the money to do it. So, you know, he also has a son coming in behind him uh, who works with him in his engineering yeah. company. And he's as big a fan of Derry City as, as Philip is himself. Yeah. Uh, so th- these guys aren't going anywhere and they are putting the structures in place to set Derry up. And that's a huge advantage because, again, most clubs don't have the capital to invest in, in outside infrastructure. Uh, but, you know, yeah. they, they will. So just sorry, to finish Dad, up. If I, was, if I was, sorry, just one, if I was a Derry fan um, looking at it, that'd be my only worry and issue would be, to, would be does this mean now we're going to try and fucking build a team of Galactic Bulls yeah. and block to you? Because Derry have always had great, great players coming through. There's, there's class footballers up in Derry, like yeah. fabulous footballers. And there are always a great players coming through the academy. Like So, you know, from a Derry fan, that'd be your only worry for sure. Like, you know, that'll be first world problems if it comes to that. But like from our point of view, like like the way I'm looking at it is from my, or our point of view, like I, like personally, I couldn't give a shit if Derry never win the league again. Or who, but it makes it harder for us to do anything is my whole point and it fucking will make it harder for you to do it. no matter what people want to think it will make it harder for us in a year two three years time to be anyway successful and being like counting success as just qualifying for Europe finishing the top three or four yeah like without it without even bringing trophies into it yeah and, yeah you know what, yeah just to finish up on it really quickly so what does it mean for the likes of Sligo Rovers I mean it, it does it mean that we have to put greater emphasis on our own talent coming through? Uh, does it mean that the, the likes of the academy becomes even more important again? Does it mean that we need to look at potentially changing um, the model of the club? Well, I suppose that's answers. That's a question for the, the club to, to, to answer. Um, I don't know if Look, if you change the model of the club, do you lose the kind of goodwill of the people? Um, the only thing I would say is that maybe if 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 Derry do go with a team of Galacticos, maybe that might give us an opportunity to maybe sign some of their younger players and give them the opportunity in our team. Now, it might mean that, you know, uh, it might take longer to get success, but look, maybe it is an option because at the end of the day, is yourself and Sean said, Connor, they can only field 11 players. And if they go with a bunch of Galacticos, Maybe that might open up opportunities for us to sign players within the Northwest. Yeah. That's true. Okay. <laughs> Sean, have you anything? Uh, I mean, what do you think it means for directly for Sligo Rovers over the, the coming years? Do you think that there's opportunity there in, you know, what Jerry's saying? Do you think, as I said, it means we need to be smarter with. Um, you know, and in fairness to, we've said this in, over the last number of weeks, in fairness to Sligo Rovers, Conor Grady is one of only six, uh, you know, academy, uh, heads of academy in the country. Um, so, you know, I suppose the club, Sligo Rovers, are trying to do as much as they can within their means to be as progressive as possible. And obviously with the whole stadium and development of the academy itself and looking for greenfield sites and that kind of stuff. But Sean, to finish things up on, on Derry, like what's what what's your closing thoughts on it? I think Sligo Rovers have a fantastic structure in place. 
I think they have a brilliant planning process. I think with the stadium, everything else, I think that'll bring us on to a new level in itself. I think we've shown already that we're progressing in the right manner by offering younger talents with huge prospects, long contracts with those scholarships that we're doing with Summerhill and everything else that we can sell at the right price and make money that way. I, we just got to live within our means and just keep doing what we're doing. Look, oh, we can only worry about ourselves. Yeah. Okay, uh, we'll leave that there. Uh, we had our beer scorecast on the back of the uh, Dundalk game where we asked you to predict the score and the people who predicted the correct score we were in with a chance of winning a case of the White Hag. And we had uh, no one who predicted a 4-1 loss to Sligo Rovers. We are delighted, delighted to say nobody predicted that. Um, but we did uh, a raffle of everyone that entered and um, um, we, the name, or Jerry O'Reilly came out of the hash, Jerry, isn't that right? Uh, a stalwart and uh, long-time devotee to all things uh, Bitter Red. I only got to meet him at our visit to um, to the White Hag a couple of weeks ago, but um, uh, a deserving winner nonetheless. Jerry's a good guy um, and a great supporter of Rovers and Great supporter of the trust as well. So that goes nice for someone like that to win the bear. So congrats to, to Jerry. Yeah. Um, another bit of good news from the club. Uh, in uh, two underage players, academy players have been named in uh, the under-17, the Republic of Ireland under-17 side, Daniel Kelly. And uh, we've another absolutely cracking goalkeeper in Connor Walsh, it seems. Um, from, I think Connor Walsh is from Mayo. Uh, so some good news there, um, and we wish the I don't know I can't remember who they're playing. They're playing a double header, um, the under seventeens in the coming weeks. Uh, I can't remember who it is, but um, good to have uh, two players represented there. And we wish them the best of luck. And so we'll have a look uh, ahead to Waterford. Um, after the Waterford game, you can get your shouts from the shed end in on our WhatsApp number 0858159767, or you can email podcast at borst.ie, which is shouts. Just record a short voice note, state your name, your location, give us your thoughts on uh, the impressive win against Waterford that's upcoming, and um, we'll get you out in. Uh, you said that last week. Oh no! <laughs> we'll get you played out in next week's um, episode. Uh, we haven't heard from Sean from America for a number of weeks. I'm worried, Sean. Just. You don't even have to do a shout out, just an email. Just let us know that you're, you're still alive. Okay, so um, it's home to Waterford on Saturday evening at quarter to eight. Uh, the club have said that there will be the usual uh, 2,100. Well, not the usual, but what has become the usual 2,100 capacity. Um, and uh, season ticket holders are booked. The, the people, uh, the season ticket holders who have the booklets are encouraged to bring their tickets to the turnstiles. Uh, or if you've got more than enough tickets to get you through to the end of the season, you can share them with your friends and family. So um, Waterford are on a decent run um, with their new manager in place for the last number of months. Cawley and Mahan suspended. Magoo, uh, are you, oh, oh, here he's chewing, he's Sean. Uh, are you apprehensive? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not confident about our chances of third at all at the moment, so I'm not. Um, Let's not worry about. We'll finish up with our chances of third. That's that's what it all comes down to. Every result matters towards it at the moment. Um, the next two games coming up are absolutely vital for us. Longford after Waterford on Saturday. Yeah. Um, it's been put down like another obvious put down as must wins, but um, you'd be happy with a draw, is what you're is what you're telling me. No. No. Right, so must win. Must win. Must win. Absolute must win. 
So is Derry are closing the gap? Uh, Bowls are two games in hand. I think the Bowls are two yeah. games in hand. Not too worried about Bowls. Genuinely not too worried about Bowls. Uh, dropping an awful lot of points. Derry obviously been probably handed a massive cash bonus to get into Europe. So to have under the table. Um, but Ooh. we got to do our own job. And it has to start with Waterford. I am worried about it though, I'll be honest with you, because Waterford have, since Bertram's come in, they've been a decent side. Yeah. Nothing spectacular, but they've been hard working, they've been well organized. They've a proper like bottom of the league side, but like harps have been over the years. You just you know they're gonna be a slog. It's gonna be a hard, hard game. And it's no matter where it is, even even playing at home, it's just it's gonna be a very, very difficult game and Missing players again just doesn't help the situation, but we'll see where we land. I don't. I don't think Blaney's back, is he? I don't know. I don't think. Well, the club. I don't think I've made any statements on Wednesday evening when we're recording. Uh, Jerry, we haven't had much luck against Waterford recently either. I don't think they. Um, they have not been um, one of our preferred opposition recently. So, what are your thoughts on the game? Well, apart from the handy three points we got against them for that. Oh yeah. Well, that yeah. There was that. The null and void. Yeah. Um, so we could do with another one of them I'd say probably our best chance of winning the game um, especially if we don't have our, our starting 11 uh, I wouldn't be overly confident to be honest with you um, I think as well with Mark Bertram he really has them uh, fighting and playing for him um, regardless of what 11 they put out in fairness um, and they have a good squad there now they have a good bench as well so yeah look if um if I was starting with the the same team that are similar to what we played against Dundalk, I'd be happy with a point. Going with our first eleven, I'd like to see us get three, and that's the deciding factor for me, really. Yeah, um, we go. You'd be hoping at least to see. Um, well, I suppose we don't we don't have a clear idea of who is available in the back of the injuries from last week, but um, you'd be hoping that uh, the likes of McCourt would be back in anyway. Um, you know what? Um, if 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 you see a similar team to that to that that went out against uh, Dundalk, is it about desire for you at this stage? Well, yeah, but like you know, every game should be you should have the desire. Every game, as the lads have already said, you know, well, there's no easy game in this league. But like Waterford are going to turn up and they're going to put in the shift and they're going to make it hard for us. Like you know that before the game starts. So you know if we're not willing to do the same then we're going to be in trouble, especially with, like, we already know we're down at the very least, Mahan and Cauley. So it's not going to be the first 11 from the recent weeks that won a few games. So there could be more than that missing, I don't know. But, like, you wouldn't be, you probably wouldn't be 100% confident. You, could, you, you wouldn't be putting money, any money on us uh, getting three points anyway. But, like, lads have to step up. It's as simple as that. Like, there's, there's lads in the squad there that's, that are going to get chances and they need to step up and take it. It's simple as that. Like for now, if we want to achieve anything, we have to start. Like I don't care how we do it. Like it doesn't really matter how. Like oh, we play a diamond and we'd be expansive and for like it doesn't matter. I don't don't care how we do it. If I four five one fucking five five nothing doesn't matter if we get a fucking a win out of it. Like just do whatever you have and put whatever system in place. To get the best of the lads that are available and grind down the result. And we have to do that. And we have to do it again the week after against Longford. And we have to start putting consistency together. Like any team that does anything towards, you know, at this end of the season, the teams that are successful 
I winning things and qualifying for Europe have a bit of consistency about them. Like you don't have to be going out hammering everybody four or five nil and playing brilliant football and everything like that. Just a bit of consistency. Pick up points, 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 points. That's that's the only way they're going to keep the likes of Derry off your tail because Derry are flying at the minute. And yeah, the whole feel good factor around them now as well and everything. So yeah. Like the, ch- the challenge that we have, we said it already, the challenge that we have is, and the manager has said it from the start of last season, start of this season, he wants a small squad and he's probably, you know, playing politics there. But he's, he's only, he's constrained by his budget. But, you know, when it comes down to the nitty gritty end of the season and, you know, you've got various things that are having an impact on um, players being able to get out onto the field. Uh, if, you, if, if, if you struggle to get your your primary starting to level out, your things get tough. Yeah, no, it is. It that's, is. that's the reality of our situation. Like we're, we're, we have a small squad. Uh, we we have two or three players, or maybe three or four players, you know, where they who are on the big bucks in relation to Sligo Rovers, in, in relative, relatively speaking. And we we the rest, you know, some of this we've got we're relying on younger players, and we're padding the squad out here and there. And when we get to this stage of the season, you know, eight games left, four at home, four away. Uh, we're looking for consistency, and we don't necessarily have the players. On, available that we want on the pitch no no we've been struck badly with injuries and everything else it is it's mounting up at the wrong time but then again I just hate making excuses so I do I think whatever's there in the, within the squad should be able to go out like this league isn't beyond anyone like the level isn't superior to everything like you know you've seen you've seen nearly our best 11 against Sham's best 11 the other night there wasn't that much between us like next to nothing really so there wasn't. There's not much between. Like, so the squad shouldn't be that much of an issue, but it's proven to be a big issue, and that to me comes down to players' desire and willingness. And yeah, and as Magoo's pointing out there, the mentality. It's it's a lot within ourselves. I think we could we could do an awful lot better than what we are doing. Like, we lose our shit when we lose Bulger and Buckley. Like we fall apart. That shouldn't be the case. There should be players big enough and bold enough to step up and take that mantle as well. You know, we do like we do have a young, very young squad, very young squad, but there is experience within that squad as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jerry, anything to finish up on uh, in relation to the run into the season? We've uh, eight games less, left, as I said a few times. Are you like, I think we need to start talking about the, we're definitely in the run in, which is the, the, the kind of the final leg of things. Um, in relation to Europe, the European spot, is it there for us or is it beginning to slip? Well, of course it's there for us. And to be honest, we're in pole position because we are points ahead. So, you know, the teams that are behind us are, will have to win the majority of their games. Uh, they, they, whatever about us dropping points, they really can't afford to drop points because they are behind us. So we're in pole position. It's in our hands, but sure, God knows how it's going to end up. Um yeah. We just need to, I know we're going back to the same point, but we need to get our best 11 out in the pitch uh, because, you know, we can say that fellas should be stepping up, but we've said that umpteen times now throughout the season and nothing happened. Yeah, OK. Um, annual draw has gone up as well and uh, we need to, now more than ever, mm-hmm. uh, you need to step up and buy your uh, ticket for uh, 10 euro or a minimum of one ticket, anyway, at least, at first prize of five thousand euro in cash, is that right? Yep. And there are six other prizes behind that, including tickets to Premier League matches, uh, Anfield, 
uh, tickets to Republic of Ireland games, uh, vouchers for Harvey's Point, uh, prizes from Pet Stop, uh, vouchers, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, Jerry, you have tickets to be sold, I'm sure. Uh, if people want to get a book off you, how can they do that? Um, if they, I suppose, just contact the, the any of the trust pages on social media, just yep. DM, and uh, we'll get you sorted out. And uh, what do we do? What do we sell last year? Do you know? Uh, the trust. Uh, yeah. over 10,000 worth of tickets so okay so we need to beat that to, I expect we'll beat that this year uh, yeah. pretty, pretty well. so uh, there's there's 10 tickets in a book if you can take a book uh, get in touch with us and um, if you haven't sold a book before and if you think you can sell uh, it between your friends and family or through your colleagues at work or whoever it might be uh, let us know and um, we like this is um, a key fundraising drive uh, each year for the club and um Look at it, it's handy enough. Part of it too, like. What's that? You know, it's nice to be part of it to, to, yeah. to do your bit for to you know to raise the figure each season. Yeah. Um, so uh, oh yeah, and just to give uh, uh, Gary McLean a mention uh, for the Golden Goals ahead of the Waterford game, uh, you can get your five three for five euro from Gary uh, on Twitter, uh, DSC underscore SRFC, and um, another fundraiser for the club there. And anything else to mention? Oh, the, there's a bingo night, is there? Yeah, I just seen that today. I don't really know much about it, Sean. Know much about it. There's a bingo night in relation to uh, that's going it's on. It's running in coordination with Toffs, with Lola, sorry, Lola Montez nightclub. They're uh, not donating, but I think uh, 25% or something of the takings are going to Sligo Rovers. All right, okay. So they are something in, in along those lines. Okay. It's it look it looks like good crack getting involved. Hutchie's presenting it and he's off his head anyway. So yeah. Okay. Uh so anything else before we wrap up? Are we done. I think we're done. I think we're done. Um thanks for listening. And as always, we're sponsored by uh, the White High Brewing Company, and we're very grateful for um for that. Just to remind people that we will put out our beer scorecast competition on um Thursday or Friday, ahead of the game against Waterford, just predict the score and use the hashtag beer scorecast. Tag the trust, tag, tag the white hag, and you'll be able a chance of winning a case of beer. And on that note, uh, Jerry, thank you. Thanks, Connor. Magoo, thank you. Cheers, boys. And Sean, thank you. Cheers, lads. That's a wrap. Brilliant.